Suns Day. Brought to you by Four Peaks Wow Wheat. On the home of Phoenix Suns Basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Suns Day with Wolf and Luke. All right, hour number two of the show, live from the Ak Chin Community Studios. It's just a party here today, Wolf, because uh, you got the Suns trying to tie a franchise record tonight in Golden State against the Warriors. There we go. If you do that, you can break the record on Friday in Memphis against the Grizzlies. Two teams, you're probably going to see at least one of them in the playoffs. It is interesting how the Western Conference is shaking out behind the Suns. And if you are a Suns fan, I understand you might not be looking that far behind you in the standings at this point, but let's just all scroll down the standings together here for a little bit. Memphis is now number two. Now, as we talked about before, Wolf, Golden State has dropped to number three. Probably not a big deal to the Warriors. They're only a game up on Dallas, though, so there's a a fairly realistic chance, especially if the Suns beat Golden State tonight, that Golden State would drop to four. Okay. So that would set up, if that were to happen, probably a first-round matchup between Golden State and Utah, which means if Golden State still isn't healthy, that's a losable series. And if they are healthy, that probably means Suns-Warriors in the second round. Yes. Um, but I'll go further down the standings. The Clippers, <laughs> the Clippers are the eighth seed right now. The Clippers! They got Paul George back last night. They did got you see Paul, this? Yes, okay. they did. They got Paul George back. And I know there's a lot of people out there warning, warning the Clippers are going to be good. And we'll have to wait and see if that actually comes to fruition. Um, there's a lot of question marks surrounding them right now, but... There's no doubt about it. Ty Lue knows exactly what he's doing, and he's one of the best in the league. I tried to search if there's any sort of update on Kawhi when he would come back, but when you do that, your computer just shuts down because you're not allowed to get down. an update on Kawhi. You know what? He, yeah, there is no update. Um, Pending is what you'll find. So there's a decent chance that that's the first round opponent of the Suns. Most likely will be Minnesota or the Clippers. And the Clippers with Paul George, is that a team I think would beat the Suns in seven games? No, but, I mean, we've seen that series. We know it's going to be a, a – that's a tougher first-round series than you might expect. No, I, I would agree with that assessment right there, but it's going to be – if that is the matchup, the first-round matchup for the Phoenix Suns, it's going to be about the Phoenix Suns and how they play. Do they play up to their standard and their level? And if they play up to their standard and their level, they're going to win that series. Now, this is where it gets more, um, maybe not more interesting, but more entertaining. Because you'll notice I haven't mentioned the Lakers yet. Yeah, I know. So let's go down to number nine. That's the Pelicans. The Pelicans without Zion. (laughs) Think about that. The Pelicans without Zion. And you're telling me the Lakers? Where where are the Lakers? Well, they're not next. (laughs) Where are the Lakers, Luke? That's the San Antonio Spurs in the 10th spot. Technically tied with the Lakers, although the Spurs have the tiebreaker. Um, we're talking about, aside from the Lakers here, we're going to get into them. Why do we still have the play-in tournament? I thought that was a thing just coming out of the pandemic to yeah. sort of even things up. Well, I think they, they liked it. I think they liked it and said, you know, we're going to keep this thing around. Kind of like the 17th game in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. They added that, and suddenly everyone went, man, I like that. You know, we're going to keep that 17th game. Because an 18th week of the season is coming. It's going to be called an international buy. In the NFL, when that happens, the billions are going to start rolling in. They already are, aren't they? Well, <laughs> More billions? No, I'm talking more billions. The only reason I bring that up is you're talking about the Spurs and the Lakers, two teams that are 13 games below 500, and one of them 
at least is going to make the play in tournament. Yeah. The Lake so the Lakers under a normal normal season, they're 30 games behind the Suns. They're five and a half games behind the Clippers, who should be the playoff cutoff. They should already basically be out. Well, what happened? LeBron didn't play this year? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, you know how, no. how lucky the whole league is that Anthony Davis missed a couple games? <laughs> I mean, honestly, right now, if you are LeBron James, what are you thinking? What are you thinking to yourself? I mean, he's still very productive, of course. We all understand that. He's LeBron. But you watch him, if you watch him play... um. Two things come to mind. Number one, it looks like he's quit on a couple of things. Watching him play, like the last time the Suns played, he was just chucking up threes. Mm -hmm. Just give me the ball. I'm going to chuck it up. He really didn't care. He was throwing up threes with impunity. And for me, it looked like he quit. That was number one. Number two, um, yeah, he's still highly productive, but... You can tell athletically. He's he's not the same guy that he was. Well, he's not a guy that can carry an and, entire NBA team to natural. the finals. I mean, it, it, he set the bar really high for most of his career, and now he's he's just not on a very good team. And, you know, I part of me wants to hesitate to say he's he, that he's quitting, but you know what, Wolf? And I've heard this about LeBron before. He... <clears throat> I have to think he sees this as a wasted year. Now, you know he wants to get as many rings as Michael Jordan. Whether you know that's not going to change anybody's mind. If you think Jordan's better than LeBron, nothing's going to change your mind. LeBron could have won ten consecutive titles, and if you think LeBron's better than Jordan, you're looking past the fact that LeBron's missing the playoffs at at this point in his career, and he did a couple years ago. But if you're LeBron, you look around and you know this team that you're on. Even if you get into the play-in, even if you somehow you know you're the seventh seed and you shocked Memphis in the first round, you're not going. You're not winning a title with this team. So I do wonder whether it's intentional or not, if he just looks around and is like, let's just get through this because this is a wasted season. I want to get to next year and try and get a ring. But the Lakers are a mess. They are a mess. I, I don't see that happening. Do you see that happening? No. I, it's amazing because we're all jacked up. Uh, Vetter James, of course, my son, we're going to the game on April 5th, Tuesday. It's the Lakers. Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be interesting to me how that game might actually go. The Lakers, and it's so weird to see this. With the guys they have and the names they have on that team still, when they play, of course, all together, it's still a weird, weird proposition to look at the Lakers and think, they stink. It, it is weird when you juxtapose the names that are still there, and yet they stink. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, we're talking about like a truly bad team. Like, really bad. And yet LeBron James is on that team? You know, Frank Vogel is a very respected coach in the NBA. Would you say he's respected? Of course. Yeah, maybe not by his team, but yes. <laughs> okay, that was pretty funny. But this is this guy is a respected coach in the NBA, and they stink. Now, I know Anthony Davis, oh, he's coming back or he isn't coming back. Anthony Davis, he's going to play, he's not going to. All of the, the injury situation with the brow, I know how difficult that is. But he's still a Laker, and they stink. Michael Jordan can't save the Lakers in the playoffs if they don't even make the playoffs. We're talking about a team, Wolf, that is tied for 22nd in the NBA right now. They have a worse record than the Washington Wizards. Who they just lost to, by the way. 
Worse record than the Knicks? How often do people make fun of the Knicks? I would say, I don't know, every five minutes around the country, probably every five seconds if you're going around the whole country. The Lakers are worse than them. Brian Windhorst on yesterday, uh, or just yesterday speaking, said the Spurs are going to pass the Lakers faster than everybody realizes. Wendy, for all intents and purposes, the Spurs and Lakers are tied right now based on the tiebreaker? Yeah, the Spurs have the tiebreaker. And really bad news, they play the Trailblazers twice at home in the next five days. The Spurs are probably going to be ahead of the Lakers by the end of the week. Um, I got Russell Westbrook here getting into it with reporters post game. What do you think should change? Winning. Be Okay, that's obvious. What do you think should change? Winning. Winning games, playing hard. Mm-hmm. Ask you ask a question that you've been answered. That's fine. You got to answer the winning? Alright. You have to answer the winning? I'm not out there playing. Maybe I think I'm you give me the answer before you think <laughs> Exactly. So, well, I don't have to answer. You know, I, exactly. If so you don't have it, you out there, I so can't you have it me, why You ask me to have an answer. You don't have it either. Well, but I don't play, Russell. If you, I want to get that information from you. So that I, I want one person, Jim. Right. It's a team game. Right. So I don't, I don't have an answer. Okay. I may have it. I don't have it. So good. But I'm asking the pros who know the game, play the game, yeah, yeah. what you guys, what you think you can do to make it your part, yeah. their part, everybody's part. Sure. That's what I'm asking. No, I'm really, I really okay. respect that. Russell, so things are going well. Right there, yeah. You know, it's the frustration, I think, with Russell Westbrook that is just boiling over right now. But that's one of the that's one of the names, isn't it? The Lakers. It's Russell Westbrook. Remember before the season when they acquired Russell Westbrook? What were they saying? Uh, oh, my uh, goodness. The Lakers. This is everyone. There were some analysts that were going, I, I don't see that as a good fit. He's not going to play any defense. That I, don't, was the, yeah. I don't really see that as a good fit right there. And yet there were other people. Oh, my goodness. That's it. It's all over in the West for everybody else because of Russell Westbrook. It's It's the juxtaposition of just how bad the Lakers are. And then the names of LeBron James. Russell Westbrook, and even Anthony Davis, he has played this year. I'll be honest, Russell Westbrook, I kind of feel bad for, if I feel bad for anybody on that team, other than maybe Frank Vogel, because I don't look at Russell Westbrook as a Laker, and it feels like he's the one answering for this every couple days. Like, hey, Russell, why is this team run so poorly? Uh, I don't know. I just got here, and it was awful when I got here. I mean, it it was an unrealistic thought it was just uh, well I know that name so that means the Lakers are going to win the title look at the rest of the team look at the pieces the Lakers gave up this is not the same team that the Suns played in the first round of the playoffs last year it isn't yes you added Russell Westbrook but you gave away everything else your team is just Russell Westbrook LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Anthony Davis is never playing he, he just he, he misses half half the games seemingly every season right now horrible it's just funny that they make Russell Westbrook constantly answer for it. All right, when we come back, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are taking vastly different approaches to their next contracts. So which one's right? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All right, Kyler Murray is not the only young quarterback with the upside for greatness. 
in this league right now that does not have a contract extension past their uh, rookie deal, Wolf. The other one is in the AFC, and the other one has already won a league MVP in Lamar Jackson. And um, <laughs> there's some differences in these negotiations. Baltimore wants Lamar Jackson to sign an extension. They want to lock him up, and Lamar's like, eh, I'm good. What do you make of that? That that is one of the most incredible things I have ever heard. Here he is. He's getting ready to go into his fifth year. And they're after Lamar Jackson. They're calling him. He represents himself, Uh which is incredible. Uh, He represents himself. And they're after Lamar Jackson to get him to sign a contract extension. Yeah. And he's like, you know, don't worry about it. I'm not ready for that yet. What, what is he talking about? I, I, I don't totally is he know. Going somewhere else? Does he want to be a free agent somewhere else? These guys say no. No, he no, so he doesn't. He tweeted out. Was that this morning? Uh, it was this morning where he said, "I love my Ravens. I don't know who's putting that false narrative out that I'm having thoughts about leaving. Stop trying to read my mind." That was his tweet. That was Lamar Jackson's tweet. Okay. Um. Yeah, look, it doesn't mean he wants to leave, but you can understand, like, if you were a Ravens fan, let's just flip it. Let's say Kyler Murray had already won an MVP, okay, and and it was next offseason, and Kyler Murray's like, yeah, I don't want to sign. Don't worry about it. W- wouldn't you be like, uh, so do we need to go out and get a quarterback? Because Lamar's going into the fifth year of his rookie deal. Doesn't have an extension. It's not for lack of effort on the Ravens' part. Lamar's just like, I'll get to it. Yeah. Man, you know what? Oh, so much of it, you got to be smart, Basinonians. You have to be smart. There's no doubt about that. You got to be careful on something like this. Um, they're offering him an extension right now, going into his fifth year. What? Just what would happen if, in fact, Lamar Jackson blew his knee out? And that's the thing, something man. bad, right? I mean, he you've plays a be, contact game. Yes, you've especially Lamar Jackson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. How, yes, of course. Um, you've got to be cognizant of that. You've got to be aware of that. Um, yet there is a part of me, I'm sorry, that respects Lamar Jackson so much for this. Because, you know, basically is what he's saying right now. Money is not the end all be all. And so much of the time at the professional level, including when I played, it was the end all be all. I mean, honestly, you're not going to go out there and play for $20,000 a year. You're not going to go out there and play for $30,000 a year. It's too physical. It's too damaging. It's too taxing. It's in your face. Yeah, you know what? I loved all of that. I loved all of that. Yet at the same time, if if they weren't paying me what they were paying me, there's no way I was going to play. Yet Lamar Jackson seems to be totally oblivious to all of this right now, just wanting to go out and focus on the season ahead. Yeah. It's stunning. It, it is refreshing. Here, I'm going to read you a quote from, uh, well, here, first I'm going to play this, this clip from Mike Tannenbaum. And he says this could ultimately still pay off for Lamar. Yeah, no question about it. When you just say Lamar Jackson's the tip of the iceberg, all these other quarterbacks that are coming up from Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, and Denver, who just went there, they gave up all those draft choices. They're going to have to sign to an extension as well. And then you get into guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. All of them are doing backflips right now. And being up at the league meetings the last couple of days, 
everyone has taken notice of Deshaun Watson, as Swagoo just alluded to, he still has 22 pending civil lawsuits, Greeny. So if I'm Lamar Jackson, I walk into Steve Bashotti's office and I simply put my feet up on his desk and say, hey, great news for you, Mr. Bashotti. I don't want $1 more than Deshaun Watson, but oh, by the way, I'm not taking $1 less. So when you're ready to write a check for $230 million, I'm going to sign it. And as great as Lamar Jackson is as a player, by him waiting and representing himself, he's actually going to go down as a Hall of Fame agent. <laughs> is that exactly what he is doing, though? I, well, That's what I want to know, because even the Ravens wonder what he's doing and kind of feel like this is just Lamar Jackson not feeling like he deserves to have a contract extension. Yeah, here's the here's the quote from uh, Steve Bashotti. This is in a piece by The Athletic. Uh, Bashadi says, quote, everybody expects you to say, I've got to get mine now. The kid is so obsessed with winning a Super Bowl that I think deep down he doesn't think he's worthy. I think he wants that to say, now I deserve this to be on top. People can speculate any way they want. I don't think he is turned on by money that much, and he knows it's coming one way or the other, unquote. <laughs> That's from the owner. That's incredible. That is stunning. Oh, my goodness. Um, Wow. To hear... The owners say that about Lamar Jackson. Um, could that possibly be the case? Really? He doesn't feel like he's deserved or, or he's earned this contract extension? I always think it's posturing on, man. When, when there's an extension and when you hear a player or an agent or an owner talk. I always think there's posturing. That quote I just read from Steve Bashotti, I, I don't see any posturing in there, right? I, no. What do you, that just seems like an owner who's like... I haven't seen a guy like this before. <laughs> yes. I Listen, I know that John Harbaugh, John, John Harbaugh has got so much old school in him. It's one of the reasons why I love John Harbaugh. And he just got as extended. As a coach, he just got extended as well. But he loves Lamar Jackson. And he loves Lamar Jackson because of his personality, because of the man that he is. John Harbaugh, he speaks in glowing terms of Lamar Jackson and the competitor that he is. And listening to that quote right there from Biscotti, Bishotti, I should say, it makes me think of John Harbaugh and what he said and what he has experienced with Lamar Jackson. But see, going back to what you said earlier, at a certain point, don't you got to protect yourself? You are a, I would say, no quarterback more than Cam Newton. And Cam Newton might not even be starting anymore. Cam Newton. Nobody gets hit at that position more than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has made some money. It's not like he's like poor. I mean, but rookie right. contract pays money, but not like what you would expect to get paid. And I'm sure every quarterback that is due an extension soon when Deshaun Watson signed that deal, like Mike Tannenbaum just said, like, awesome. Because I don't have all these lawsuits pending. And if I'm Lamar Jackson, I'm like, I just won MVP three years ago. So pay me. But he hasn't gone into their office and said, pay me yet. No. Like, it would be it'd be pretty brutal if he got hurt this year, which is entirely possible because he was waiting for whatever reason. Like, just take some money, Lamar. I'm no. not even invested. Just get some money. You know what's amazing about it as well, too, is Lamar Jackson, they also are moving him under center more. This was something they needed to do last year. They wanted to. They went into the season trying to get Lamar Jackson under center more and... It had mixed results with Lamar Jackson, and I think it's because Lamar Jackson needs to be in the new age offense more than a traditional offense. 
I think he he does better in that new age. Now, they were blending it. They were trying to blend the two. There's no doubt about it, but I think he just does better in a college-style offense. They also lost, like, five running backs last year, didn't they? Yes, Even they, before the season started. Yes, which is one of the reasons why I think they had to go back to a lot more of the new age stuff. Yeah. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up, an NBA All-Star has said that Devin Booker is his favorite player to watch, so is this the sort of respect Devin Booker should be wanting rather than MVP votes? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Sunday. Brought to you by Four Peaks Wow Wheat on the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Suns Day with Wolf and Luke. Suns Warriors tonight. Boy, I tell you, this game is a big deal because the Suns can tie the franchise record. But didn't you think earlier in the season looking at this game against the Warriors with like two weeks left in the regular season was going to be huge for playoff seating? Yeah. It is not. Yes. It not is. for the Suns. It is not. The Suns have wrapped it up. <laughs> Just once again, do you wake up every morning and there it is, the sunlight is streaming through your window and your eye just cracks open and the Suns are the ones that <laughs> suddenly this, this thought just takes over. Um, it is truly incredible. The Suns have locked up the number one seed in the Western Conference. They still have seven games left to play. Yeah. Ron Wolfley reporting. Uh, it's, it's remarkable how early they did it. Uh, I'm, I wake up every morning waiting for the playoffs to start. That's where I am at this point. We have two and a half weeks to the playoffs. It's a process right now. We yeah. still have got to work through the process. Chris Paul is still getting underway here. We got to work through the process. Cam Johnson has got to get back into the fold at some point in time. I'd like to see about five games for Cam. They have to work through the process. I agree with you. I yes. don't have to. I'm ready right, for the playoffs. Well, the process. <laughs> How about bring Cam back next Tuesday, the game that you're going to? Yeah. Against the Lakers. Okay, that sounds great. Finish the Lakers off, and then he gets four games back. That'd be four so, games right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. That's perfect. I Let's like do that. that. And Monty I wanted said, that David with Chris Paul, but Chris Paul was like, no way. <laughs> Chris Paul's uh, like, I can play. I'm healthy. Get out of I'm my going way. to play. And I'm going to play and a lot. I'm going to sit down and shot it. <laughs> Devin Booker in the last two games has uh, scored 84 points. In the last two games. Yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, and he's, he's been decent. Uh, and so this is, um, this is, I'm going to start with Monty Williams saying this. And, and this is something we have talked about on this show in the last couple weeks and in the past as well. But I'll, I'll let Monty say it first. He, he gets the respect from his team and he gets respect from the players around the league. I, I hear it from guys around the league. And when I do catch a tweet on Hoops Hype, it's always someone talking about, Book being in that conversation and being one of the best players in the league. I can't picture Monty Williams on Twitter. Can you? No. no, Not at all. No. <laughs> I really can't. I, I cannot, but... But he's he, right what he said right there. Exactly right. I cannot tell you um, how much it meant to me, personally, ladies and gentlemen, when another player would come up to me after a game or I'd see him in the offseason or something like that and pay you a compliment. When a player will do that. Um it just makes you it just it changes everything. It does. It's not a pundit, it's not a a so-called expert, it's not an analyst that is saying it about you. It's not some broadcaster. It's it's somebody you compete against. 
and somebody that you may even gotten a little chippy with. And when you think of Devin Booker and some of the people that have rallied around Devin Booker, LeBron James. Yeah. LeBron James wants a bat for Devin Booker. A couple times when he wasn't making the All-Star a game. A couple of times. Um, John Morant, most recently. And now, Dame Lillard. Yeah, so that's why this has always been, at least my approach to this conversation about Devin Booker winning MVP. It'd be nice for him. I'm not up in arms about it this year. We'll see where this goes. Like I said yesterday, he should be in the conversation. That's ridiculous. Him not winning MVP really doesn't bother me. Uh, He can win finals MVP if he wants. But where it's interesting is that he has had the respect of his peers for years. And so that's why I've never understood why it's taken people watching the game so long to come around on Devin Booker. Can I... can I just say that D Book is not a high flyer? He's he's not a guy that is this hyper athletic dude. And I think a lot of guys get that kind of LeBron James, by way of example. Jaw. Jaw Morant. The freaky Jaw Morant. Oh my goodness. Um I, I just think it's taken a lot of time because the Suns have been so bad for so long that in the fact that D Book is not a high flyer. So you referenced Damian Lillard, and we brought up the example of John Morant, uh, LeBron James. There have been others that have talked to Kobe. <laughs> Kobe was in on, on Devin Booker before most. Uh, this is Damian Lillard on the Shannon Sharp podcast talking about just players that he would go watch play basketball. I'm going to see Kyrie Irving, and uh, I'm going to see Devin Booker. You like Book's game? Book, my favorite player in the NBA. That's <laughs> Damian Lillard. That's pretty good, man. That is pretty cool right there. I love Damian Lillard, too. Yeah, and Damian Lillard's one of my be, favorite players. I'm not saying that because he said that about Devin Booker. I could care. You watch Dame play. This guy, you want to talk about ice water in his veins? It's Damian Lillard. It's just funny because you and I were having the conversation earlier in the week, and I told you two players that I see very similar, just in their attitudes and their approach to the game are Devin Booker and Damian Lillard. So it's, I guess maybe it shouldn't come as a shock that Damian Lillard says, yeah, I'd like to watch Devin you know, Booker. The, the only thing I would say, and this is not a shot at Dame, but Devin Booker's a better defensive player, in my opinion. Well, he's okay. gotten better. He has gotten better, yes. Yeah. And this is what I expect out of Devin Booker. Just watching Devin Booker become a two-way player. This is what I expect out of him the rest of his career. Booker and Lillard, I think part of the reason that I've seen them as similar in the past, again, it's not their game, it's just their attitude of like, you don't really hear Damian Lillard talk a lot. He just, he lets his game do the talking. Same thing with Devin Booker. If anybody hears Devin Booker talk, it's, it's yeah. us here locally. You don't hear him talk nationally very often. You know, it's amazing about it too. Um, I think of Devin Booker in the bubble and after he hit the game winner in the bubble, I remember he yes. just laid there on the ground. It was, um, Dame Lillard also. If you go back and you Google Dame Lillard, some of his buzzer beaters right at the end and some of the looks on his face when he gets tackled to the ground. Yeah. He's just looking like, you know, he's staring off into space like, yeah, what do you expect? No smile. This was always going to happen. Exactly. I, I love that, man. I laughed out loud when I saw that. Dame just acting like, yeah, this is what I do. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not going to grin. I'm not going to gr- grimace. I'm not going to go, yeah, I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going <laughs> to stare at the television. 
And then I'm going to hit another one probably next time we need one. Or the camera. Yeah, it's, uh, that, that's, it's not the first time. In fact, I don't know that I've heard many players in the NBA get more respect outwardly from other players around the league. Not, not your teammates. Your teammates should like you. If your teammates don't like you, especially in the NBA, and you're, you're a star player, then that might be a, an issue. I expect the Phoenix Suns to say good things about Devin Booker, but if you put together a list of other players around the league who have been compelled to say great things about Devin Booker yeah. publicly, it's, it's a pretty good, it's an all-star lineup. And going back to it once again, this is exactly why I'll say there is no, there is no growth that you'll experience quite like that from your peers. When your peers say, you know what, this guy is the guy. Yeah, I can, I'm not trying to brag, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not because I, I shouldn't have been in the NFL 10 days, let alone 10 years. Thank you, Lord God, for what you have given me. I tried hard. That's what I did. But man, for, for, for me to actually go to four Pro Bowls where my peers said, this guy is the guy that's got to go. Oh my goodness, the growth that you feel and experience from that point forward. And Devin Booker is not a finished product. He's not. He's not a finished product. And yet, we've, we've seen that firsthand. Him developing this year. The growth when he hears a Dame say that, or a Ja, or LeBron. Um, yeah, it's real, man. It's a growth spurt opportunity. When we come back, we'll get into baseball. The D-backs, of course, extended Cattell Marte earlier this week. We're going to ask their vice president and assistant GM, Mike Fitzgerald, what went into that and more as spring training is about to wrap up. That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. And let's get into some baseball. The D-backs, as you just heard right there, opening their regular season next Thursday. And we're joined right now by their vice president and assistant GM, Mike Fitzgerald, to talk about the team here a week ahead of the uh, the start. Uh, Mike, thank you for the time. How's spring training treating you? Hey, thanks, guys. It's uh, it's going good. Obviously, a, a different spring training than uh, any of us have been used to with the, the quicker ramp up. Uh, but, but yeah, it's good to get, get guys back on the field and uh, as we get closer to these to the games starting up I uh, get a chance to you know re- rewrite some of the uh, some of the crappy taste that's left in our mouths from last season and uh, get get focused on uh, writing that ship and, uh, and and getting back to having fun I definitely want to get into that Mike but I have to parachute in from 30,000 feet it just makes me feel a lot more comfortable right now talk about the rule changes if you will that have happened and how you think it's going to impact what is the biggest rule change that will impact baseball this year in your opinion yeah um i think in a good way the 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 28 man roster uh kicking off for the start of the season is 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 a smart adjustment for the league to open up the teams um for as much as this is a different spring training in march we we are familiar with what a quick ramp up looked like in, in 2020 uh with the pandemic year and and player health is a major prioritization for the clubs and for the league. And so making sure that we're not forcing guys to, uh, you know, who have been programmed to ramp up at a certain pace for however many years. And then all of a sudden get thrown into this season and, 
you know, with the itch to want to get out there and compete and perform and, and making sure we're not uh, having to expose those guys to too high workloads early on and that we have the coverage um, across, you know, the league for the for, for the extra two roster spots. So I, I think that'll be uh, really impactful to make sure that the best players that we all love to watch are, are able to go out there and take the ball as often as possible um, from both the pitcher standpoint and then even the position players. You know, having the extra guys uh, on the bench gives the opportunity for the managers to make sure, you know, they're not redlining their guys and, and keeping the best guys fresh mm-hmm. so that we can put the best product out there on the field. Talking to Mike Fitzgerald, uh, Mike, you guys got uh, an extension done with Cattell Marte a little bit earlier in the week, and uh, he almost, with all the the just craziness that's gone on in the world the last couple of years, and, and and you know some guys maybe get lost in the shuffle. I think it does kind of get forgotten that Cattell Marte in 2019 put up all like MVP caliber numbers, hitting 329 with the 32 home runs and stuff. You obviously already know, but how important was it to get Marte inked for a while? Yeah, it's we're really happy about that. Uh, one of the as simple as this may sound, one of the things that we talk about a lot is, you know, we, we need more Cattell Martes. They don't need fewer of them, right? So so a chance to, to ensure that we have Cattell here for a while um, as a player that can contribute to the types of teams that we want to have going out competing each year for playoff spots. And, and that's, you know, Cattell's going to be a big part of that. Uh, yeah, the, the 2019 year that you talk about, the top five finish in the MVP. Um, and then, you know, there's some things that from a team perspective – uh, we made that deal late in the spring training for Starling Marte and Cattell, you know, who had kind of gone through his whole headspace in the offseason thinking he was going to be a center fielder, made the quick adjustment to second base. So, you know, just having somebody who's willing to just take a step back and say, hey, I want to do whatever's best for the team. Uh, I want to find a way to win. Uh, I want to compete to, you know, bring special moments to the city and, and, and find ways to get back to the competitiveness that we want to be at um you know he's he's a guy that made a lot of sense for us to ensure that he's going to be around and be a part of that and for as much as we're excited about a lot of the younger players that we have coming up uh you know again we we need we need and want more Cattell Martes uh (laughs) not fewer so knowing that he'll be around uh to contribute to those teams is something we're excited about yeah we definitely agree with that no doubt about it Mike where do you think he's going to play the most where do you think his natural position is so second base is, is where we anticipate him to play the most this year. Um, in that 19 year, obviously he was playing center. And again, that was his bounce from the infield to the outfield was a function of him being willing to do what was best for the team. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of wanted to take a step back. And I know we talked about this towards the end of last year, wanted to kind of reevaluate some of the strategies that we had. And, and for as much as positional versatility is, uh, a valuable asset to have, we want to make sure we're prioritizing certain guys, um, and putting them in the best spots to succeed um, and having them be effective plus defenders, which we believe Cattell can be uh, on the dirt when we get him there playing more often. Talking to Mike Fitzgerald, uh, Mike, I think a lot of us look and say, okay, you, you want to build around Cattell as far as hitting and, and, and fielders. The pitcher you probably want to build around is Zach Gallon. How uh, encouraging is it that he's going to go out there and pitch against Colorado at Salt River Fields today? Yeah, it's exciting. Um, Again, with a short ramp up, wanted to make sure that you, we want to play the long game here, right? The, uh, there's a kind of baseball adage that gets thrown around that you can't win a division in the first month of the season, but you can lose one in the first month. So just making sure that we're being smart with these guys, um, getting them ramped up. But yeah, having Zach going out there today, uh, even close to the schedule that the other guys are on makes us feel good about where we're at with him heading in. Um, and yeah, we want to make sure, again, the, we're putting him in the best spot to go out and, and rack up. 32 good starts for us uh, over the course of the full season. So we're excited to see him go out there today as we are uh, the, the rest of the guys and, and ensure that we get 
a competitive stretch of 162 coming up here. Mike, what are you saying from Seth Beer? <laughs> you have to laugh when you say his name. I'm sorry. He's, Seth a, Beer. he's a fan favorite. He's yes, a fan he favorite is. For sure. What are you seeing um, from this guy? Uh, we really believe in the bat. You know, I, I think that was when we made the trade for him a few years back. That was the one area there was a lot of conviction in, and we challenged him to make some improvements defensively. And, and to Seth's credit, you know, for as much as it would be easy to just say, huh, you know what, I'm just going to hit, and if I do that, everything's fine. Uh, Seth's really attacked his game defensively and, and trying to make himself uh, as good of an option as any in, in multiple spots that Tory can feel good putting him in the lineup every day, right? You, you want you want that bat to be the carrying tool, but if he can place him first, if he can DH, if he can bounce around the outfield even, you know, there's more opportunities for Tory to find ways to get that bat in the lineup. So to Seth's credit, he's taking that on, and yeah, he's definitely a fan favorite. There's uh, numerous instances throughout spring where it seems like there's a new fan saying, oh, wait a minute, this is that really Seth's last name? This, that guy's my new favorite player. So, right, I know. Uh, yeah. You know, it is, it is truly amazing right there, but you mentioned the DH, Mike. Are you for this? Do you like the DH coming to the National League full-time? Yeah, I think in a, non, in a non-shortened spring training, that probably would have been my answer to the, uh, to the earlier question that you asked in the sense of what's the most impactful rule. I, I think uh, it gives teams an opportunity to find a, a you know, different way to get a hitter that they trust and, and want to get some playing time out there, some at-bats and keep guys fresh in the lineup. And then I think from a pitcher's perspective, for as much as I know there's a few guys, uh, a couple of them of whom we have, that, that really enjoyed getting in the box and having that opportunity to hit, um, I think by and large most of those guys kind of view it as, hey, I'm getting paid to go out and get outs. Let me focus on, on my primary job. Uh, and and <laughs> there's not many other sports out there. You know, They don't ask the, uh, the quarterback to go out and also be a punt returner. So. Um, and, and working through things like that, I think we have a decent amount of guys that just say, hey, Go give me the ball. Let me go try to get 27 outs, and I'll focus on my time and energy on that. We're talking to Mike Fitzgerald. Uh, Mike, you mentioned a little bit earlier, and I've heard other players mention it too. How much is last season and, and how you know frustrating that was for you guys? How much is that driving this year's team, do you think? Quite a bit. Um, <laughs> we took last year personal, right? It's, it's, it's hard not to. You spend, from a player, staff, coach's standpoint, we pour a lot of time and energy into this. Uh, and, to, and to go out the way we did last year just is, is not to the standard that anybody wants to, to play to. Um, and the, the, the beauty of it in some ways is that you lose 110 games and everything is on the table to go through and evaluate and find opportunities to improve in. We've had years where, you know, we've done the 82s and 80s, the 85s and 77s. You, you kind of walk through that and some things you might say, oh, okay, you know what, that's, that's okay. We can handle that for now. We definitely get to improve in these areas, but, but maybe, you know, this is where we spend most of our time and energy on. And I think you walk away from the season that we had last year and everything is on the table to hunt ways to improve and think through different strategies and challenge all of our thoughts and, and try to get back together and, and, and put a new uh, game plan together. That's going to get us to the destination that we want to go to, which is playing competitive playoff baseball. Um, so, you know, with that, I think it motivates a lot of people. And then, and then the other part of that is we had to be realistic of, all right, what, what are some new faces that we can potentially bring in that can help, uh, you know, reshape some of that as well? Because spring naturally brings the, the feeling of hope, right? All 30 teams are excited and, and, and ready to go. And we wanted to make sure that, you know, we, we could bring in some new strategies and then bring in some new faces and new personnel, too, that's going to allow that hope and excitement and commitment 
to stretch through 162 and not wear off after the first couple of weeks of the season. So, you know, we got to go out and prove it that there's a lot of that that has to be done. Um, but we feel good about what we were able to work through and revisit and challenge and come out here with a, with a different set of strategies that, that we've had in the past. Well, Mike, we appreciate the time. Good luck this season, all right? Thank you, Mike. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. That's uh, Arizona Diamondbacks Vice President and Assistant GM Mike Fitzgerald joining us right there on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Get your price at 72sold.com. Coming up next, all of today's top stories in one spot. Wolf and Down Your Lunch is right around the corner. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.